0: Because we live in a Puritan police state, we are obliged to inform you that we may sometimes use explicit language. If you are looking for more of that, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or visit our website at wihhw.com. Now that you've been informed, Things are about to get weird.
1: Welcome to what I had heard was. I am Jennifer. I'm Anna, and I'm Diane. And today we are talking about,
2: Dorothea, Dorothea Dix.
1: Yay, Dorothea!
3: Woo! Wee-hoo! Diane, welcome. Yes, dear. How are you today? I'm good. I'm Did you have...
1: good. excellent. How was your day? You know. Yeah, I do.
3: <laughs> it's but a day. I'm here now and I'm really excited to be here and I'm really distracted by the little lines <laughs> that my voice is producing right now. Why do they
1: look so cool?
3: They didn't look that cool before. Hey. Hey. Today I want to tell you about a badass lady. Would that be okay? Please do. Okay. <laughs> well, I thought Anna was going to say something. Okay. I, just, I was just going to be like, you guys shut the fuck up. Okay, rest story, but we're okay. <laughs> we got I, this. I,
2: I, I figured it was fitting, considering that's our entire season, it's the month of March, and mm-hmm. we ourselves are badass women, so yeah. Let's story tell. Dorothea Dix. Yeah.
3: So <laughs> this one's actually particularly close to my heart too, uh, because in, you know, that a couple of years ago, I moved to the triangle area in Raleigh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I started hearing people say all the time, oh, we need to go to Dorothea Dix Park. And like they, w- they kept referring to her, based on the locations that were named after her. And I didn't know anything about her. So I asked about her and it turns out that she really made an impact in an area that, as I said, is really close to my heart, really close to home for me. So I'm glad to have had an opportunity to learn more about her and share with you what I had heard about Dorothea Dix. Yay! How cool!
2: It's like you got a uh, a new hometown local legend.
3: Yeah, yeah, and she was super badass. Uh, Dorothea Dix, she was known later as Miss Dix. Yes, she was. was... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was born. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Dix was born Sorry. in Maine in 1802. Her mother was said to be chronically ill, and so she couldn't really take care of her children or be, like, the primary caregiver for her children. But uh, her father couldn't either because he was said to be an alcoholic and abusive to his three kids. So by the age of 12, Ms. Dix and her two brothers moved to Massachusetts to be cared by their grandparents. We have seen those stories many a time, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, So as early as 14 in Massachusetts, Miss Dick started teaching at a school for girls. She actually taught a curriculum that she developed herself, and that was centered around things like ethical living and natural sciences, which I thought was pretty cool. Nice. That, yeah, I'm
2: going to go to that school.
3: And then when she was about... 20 years old, maybe a little younger, maybe a little older, she started her own school in Boston and she taught poor and, I hate that word, but she she taught poor and neglected children out of the barn at her grandparent's house. Love it. That's cool. So already this lady is badass. She's not even like 20 yet and she's already doing all these things. But Around the same time, it was said that she started to suffer from major depressive disorders, uh, ma- major depressive episodes.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, but in the 19th century, people didn't really understand mental illness. So, in fact, people contributed the behaviors of, of mental illness to things like being possessed, right? Or... Mm-hmm. Uh, substance abuse. Being a woman.
2: Yeah, having bad
3: humors. Being, yeah, being a woman. And so there wasn't a good understanding of how people, how to treat people with mental illness, uh, both like how to treat them as human beings, but also how to treat their mental illness. In Massachusetts, for example, people were given a small stipend by the government to take in mentally ill people. And that would like keep them from, I'm using air quotes, causing trouble if they took them into their home. (laughs) Um, But really what that turned out to be for a lot of situations is that the people would take the money and then they would agree to take in and house folks with mental illness. And then they would lock them in their basement and just keep them away from the public. Sometimes they were even imprisoned, mentally ill folks were imprisoned.
2: Sounds horrible, man. Yeah, I feel like the like the intention was good. Or, right, you know, hopefully. You know, it's like, hey, we'll we'll pay folks to, to help out other folks and then that way we don't quote unquote burden the system. But yeah, if you don't have any way to regulate that or check in on
3: people, then And there wasn't even really a system yet until around like 1820, 1830s. That's when state hospitals were created to treat the mentally ill. But still, like all of these people were slipping through the cracks and they weren't able to get the treatment at the state hospitals. And also, we hear stories all the time about how horrific mental hospitals were until just recently and even now. Who knows? Right. Yeah. I mean, you even, there's still current, currently today,
2: there are still stories of nursing homes, even, yeah. you know, abusing people, stealing, you know, having filthy living conditions. And that's for folks who don't necessarily have mental illnesses or, you know, need extra treatment. They're just old.
1: <laughs> I think it can attract the wrong sort. It can attract wonderful people, but it also can attract the wrong sort as well.
2: Yeah, like they see see folks with disabilities as easy prey, so right. to speak.
1: They're, yeah, exactly. They're vulnerable and easy like easy to take advantage of. Exactly.
3: Shortly after the state institutions started to pop up, we start to hear about Ms. Dick's involvement in this movement. She was a teacher at that time, and then she started traveling around Massachusetts investigating the treatment of mentally ill folks. Wow. So, and she was just as horrified of the treatment as we are today. She said she was seeing people in chains, in cages, Uh naked, no clothing, and beaten like, it was just horrific. Right. Want to say something,
2: Uh, It just it just infuriates me when folks feel like
3: they can treat other people that way. Right, and that's exactly what she said. She was like, "These, these they're human beings. How can we treat them that way?
1: What happens to somebody that they can view another human being as s- such a They become so detached that this person is real, you know? It's a real person.
3: And I think a lot of it comes from just not having an understanding of what's happening or or understanding of where people are coming from or understanding of an illness. Like, you automatically, it's like how we treat people of different cultures too, right? You don't understand it, so you think it's wrong. Right. It's scary. It's something to be feared. You brought it upon
2: yourself. Mm -hmm. There's some sort of sin, there's some sort of something wrong with you, and it's it's against the, the quote-unquote norm. And there's... Right. And a lot of folks are brought up thinking, if you do good things, good things will come to you. If you do bad things, bad things will happen to you. So therefore, if something bad is happening to you, it is your fault in some manner.
3: Right. You must have done something bad, yeah.
2: Correct. So, it's just heartbreaking.
1: It is. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of shame is taught, too. Oh, definitely. Yeah.
3: Well, she wasn't about this. It's the spirit of Massachusetts. It's the spirit of America.
1: Stay tuned for our karaoke (laughs) bonus episode.
3: (laughs) Ms. Dix was not going to stand for this shit. Yay, Miss Dix. She went ahead and wrote to the Massachusetts state legislature and implored them to attend better to the mentally ill. She said that they should expand the state hospital resources so that they could be properly cared for and get all of this other shit off the table. The legislature voted down her bill. And she was like, nope. And she kept lobbying for it until they finally passed the bill to reform the treatment in Massachusetts.
1: Hell yeah. They just got her to the point. They're like, shut the fuck up here. Thank you. Right.
2: So That's what you got to do sometimes. You got to sit on somebody's desk and just be annoying as shit until you
1: get stuff done. I did not think you were going to say desk. I didn't either. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not alone at that.
3: Dorothea Dix. Dix. (laughs) Once she was successful in Massachusetts, it fueled her to travel around the country and lobby in more states for awareness of mental illness and the better treatment of the mentally ill across the nation. That's amazing. She ended up being instrumental in the first mental hospital in Pennsylvania and she even it's just a little side note she even made sure there was a library there which i think is super cool that is super cool and she wasn't done there like when she started being successful in these other states in 1950 she went and proposed reform for the treatment of mentally ill patients at a federal level so that it would be across the board better treatment and they called it Miss Dix's bill.
1: <laughs>
3: I do want to mention, though, at this time, women still couldn't vote. So here she is, like, going around doing all this stuff. She knew that in order to advocate properly, she would have to advocate for reform in the government. Even though she didn't have the ability to vote, she was still very active in these political movements.
2: If they don't have a place for you at the table, you bring a folding chair.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: Move over, boys.
3: And from there, she decided that she was going to visit Europe, and she lobbied for reformation in places like Scotland. She was able to get them to start thinking and having these conversations.
1: And she did all of this with her own uh, her own mental health issues. Yeah.
3: Mm -hmm. Yep. She suffered from, at at least from what I heard, uh, major depression. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're they're, across different things that I've heard. It was like chronically ill, just like her mom, or um, just suffered from being sick all the time. But we also know a lot of times there's an element of mental illness. So she's like jumping that hurdle too. And she did go to uh, Europe, like her first introduction to Europe was because she went over there for treatment for whatever her illness was.
1: And then she had to protect them as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's outstanding. I love, I love that. And I love that they have recognized her. They haven't let her be lost to time entirely. You know, there's.
3: She did even more than that because we know what happened in the 1860s in America. It was the Civil War that broke out. hmm And she actually got appointed as the superintendent of army nurses. Wow. And it was said that one of the things about her is that she promoted equal care for both Confederate and Union soldiers that were wounded. So both sides.
2: That's excellent. Yeah. Because they're still Americans, you know, whether whatever side you're on. Right
3: or even there's still just people most notably the battle of gettysburg all the soldiers that were there were actually cared mm. by nurses that were under her authority her were under her program and there were there were a lot of casualties at that one yeah yeah so and then after the war she started to focus on reforming mental illness treatment particularly in the south which makes sense. In the 1880s, Ms. Dix eventually moved into a state hospital in New Jersey, which she was actually part of founding because the state legislature designated her own private suite there.
1: Nice. Wow. Wait, is it nice? Is it nice to get a private suite at a psych hospital? I think so. I would actually like that, because like, there's no stress. Like, I'm not doing well. I'm going to head in there. See you guys later. Or you could just always be there, right? Just in case.
2: And that's what she did. Uh, some people have a lake house.
3: She had her own suite. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. Unfortunately in New Jersey, but we'll just gloss over that part. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's still the Garden State. It just depends on which part of New Jersey you're in. <laughs>
3: Well, regardless, she remained in this private suite in the state hospital until she passed in 1887. And that, my friends, is Dorothea Dix. Dorothea Dix. Dorothea Dix. Love it. I love her. That's
2: so impressive. I, I know how hard it is for me to do stuff on a daily basis, in general, when I'm having a good day, let alone chronic depression or being a woman in the 1800s or <laughs> trying to enact any sort of governmental reform ever, because that's already such a huge pain in the ass. But for her to have succeeded so much with so many strikes against her is, that's fucking badass.
1: Yeah, it is. That was a great story, Diane.
3: Thank you. I and it, And it struck home... To me, because I've even spoken to Jennifer about this, like I hate, hate, hate that people with illness, whether it's mental or physical, don't have the advocacy that they need. It's already so hard for people to get treatment that, like you said, that are having a good day, that it's it's just yeah. so much harder when you're battling illness to get that care that you need. So I just think that even that she had it, she decided that she was going to advocate for those who couldn't. And that's just very moving to me. Yeah.
1: And I mean, yeah, at a time she can't vote. She can't even vote. And she's out there. Like, right. You know, she's harassing people, right? This wasn't, she may have started in the baking muffins phase, but at a certain point she's running yeah. after them and following them into the bathrooms. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah yeah i'm imagining leslie nope from parks and rec you know sending them a muffin basket but then following them into the bathroom like no this is gonna get done bitch
1: leslie with... nope of the 1800s
3: yes this
2: is getting done with blueberries
1: <laughs> right. there you go uh that was excellent i am so happy you brought that story
3: Thank you. Thanks for listening. Now you can tell it as something you've heard. That's right.
1: You're a genius, Diane. Thank you. Not just today, but every day.
3: Aw, thank you. My mom says that too. Uh. (laughs) Your mom is correct. (laughs) Maybe other people could tell me what they think too by going and rating us on Spotify or iTunes and letting us know how I did and how you like the podcast. Yes,
1: please. Oh, hey, Anna. Oh, hey, Jennifer. Do you have an everyday badass for us?
2: I do. Actually, I have a group of them. So I'm going to talk about my own personal badasses in my life, and in general, the group at uh, Glimmerglass Festival up in upstate New York. I have talked about it before on our podcast. It's where Diane and I met uh, one fantastic summer, and I just wanted to say that it's one of the places that I've worked where women really do run the world. Out of all of the department heads that are there, um, our former artistic director who just recently stepped down, they're all women. There are only three departments in the entire opera company that are headed by men. And each one of these ladies is amazing in their own right. They are excellent at what they do. They are kind. They are friendly. They are super passionate. And it has not only been a fantastic, prosperous, wonderful place to go and see some brilliant opera. The creative boundaries are pushed. The quality of the productions are amazing. The caliber of artists that we are able to get in and then be able to spread this not only to our opera family but to the community and everybody else around it. It's fantastic and it's wonderful and you don't really realize it at the time that it is an anomaly that this company is being run by women. And it's not part of the mission statement. It's not like we are a female company. It just is that way.
3: And I was going to say too, that they definitely, I can attest to all of this, but also what really struck me when I worked there was that sense of community and always striving, no matter how many resources we had or ha- or a lack thereof glimmer glass opera is always seeking to improve to help and assist their community and be an active member of the community that they're part of
1: i can attest that it is located in a gorgeous spot that's all i have but
2: <laughs> the fact that it wasn't intended To be uh, female-run, female-managed, that wasn't the goal. It was the fact that the most qualified people were hired for the job, were paid well, were treated with respect, and so folks wanted to stay. Yes. and, And grow, and it's a beautiful, wonderful thing that... It's not made a big deal of about it, but it exists, and I just wanted to highlight that and say hey to all the ladies (laughs) that I haven't seen in a while. So,
1: Are there any specific um, people you would like to give a shout-out to? Uh,
2: All of the puppies that are there that I haven't seen in a while. Uh, Abby Rod, who's the director of production, started off as a... Uh, parking attendant. <laughs> yeah, you know, She was one of the people who directed Cars in the Parking Lot as a summer job when she was 14 years old, I think.
1: Nice. And
2: has been there and is running the show. Um, Francesca Zambello, up until recently artistic director, she pushed Glimmerglass into a whole different level, uh, just opened up and expanded it from a opera-specific company to a more wide reaching festival program. Andy Lyons is there, just running the place. Just everybody. I don't know. They're
3: all they're all fantastic.
1: That's great. Diane, do you have anyone you want to give a shout out to there? She cover everybody?
3: There's just so many, <laughs> but yeah, she I mean there's lots of women on the production staff as well that are building sets and painting and doing jobs phenomenally that you wouldn't normally think right away that a woman would be doing you know just building building things and you know not typical women's work and they really make the quality of the productions mm-hmm. soar
1: so 10 out of 10 guys go to Glimmerglass glass opera house and see a show
2: <laughs> yeah there's a lot of stuff that they've been able to stream online uh, because of the pandemic. So you can go and get glimpses and pieces and parts of that. And mm. Go this summer. Go every summer. It's a beautiful. You get to beautiful music. Eat some delicious food. Go to Fly Creek Cider Mill. It's my own personal heaven on earth.
1: We'll put up a link. To, they have a link, right? They got something. <laughs> we'll put up the information uh, uh. online on our Twitter Excellent. I love it. I love those stories of connection. Speaking of connection, Diane, do you have a misconnection? Yes, I do. Oh, do tell.
3: The title of this misconnection from Craigslist is called Seen you eating cat food. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, oh, I thought I had the window closed. (laughs) (laughs) Seen you eating cat food out of a can. You was using a fork. Looks like you got some manners. I like that. The end. No. Yes. Yes.
2: No. (laughs) first off if you're eating cat food out of a can everybody knows you need a spoon because you can't get into the corners with a fork right there's gonna be just stuff left at the bottom so
3: Mm.
1: my first of all was the scene but
3: i seen you eating
1: yeah i seen you eating cat food
2: yeah but you also don't like tooken
1: i that's true i did not like tooken I also don't like broke when it's clearly broken.
2: Is it though? I mean, if it's, if if it's sticking out of the skin, it's clearly broken, but it could just be broke.
1: No. (laughs) I have a sex toy review for us to rate. And as always, we will be rating this review on the six titty scale. And here we go. This is called the accommodator. It has four and a half stars. The title of this is the multi-tool of face dildos. And what this? A face dildos? A face?
3: Face dildos?
1: Yes, yes, maams. It, it is a dildo that straps to the back of your head. And comes off of your chin.
2: (laughs) It looks like an Egyptian pastiche beard.
1: (laughs) And here we go. The other day while I was carrying my Starbucks and groceries, I stopped at a convenience store for a snack. I asked for four of those warm donuts that they keep under the heat lights. Not wanting to put down my groceries and coffee, I was able to carry my donuts out of the store holding them casually on my ever-equipped accommodator. Later, (laughs) after I took the train back to my apartment, drawing many impressed stares, I found myself in a similar position, distressed at the prospect of setting my lettuce down on the grimy-stained floor of the elevator. Using my engineering mind, I cleverly used my accommodator to press the floor six button. This was the best Easter gift ever.
3: That one kinda has me speechless.
1: I'm no, I'm I'm going full titties for this with the donut. That that got me. You had me at donuts.
3: Why is it called the accommodator?
1: Uh because you can accommodate her? Are you wondering which hole? <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, I mean, I feel like you could use that on any hole. The I'm just wondering who it's who is it accommodating? Like, is it making life easier for the person who's wearing it? Is it accommodating them, or is it accommodating the person who is res- on the receiving end?
1: It's got to be the receiver. Like having that strap to your face, can you imagine? Like you'd have to be all... oh, I just pulled something in my oh, neck. No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's oh yeah. That's- That's called chicken heading.
1: God damn it. Just
2: throwing that out there.
1: Chicken heading for your accommodator. The accommodator for your chicken heading.
2: I can't wait till you tell Joel how you strained your, pulled a muscle Mm -hmm. in your neck. Yes. (laughs)
1: I'll just tell him there was no video and everything should be fine, right? (laughs) I was just showing him how to use the accommodator. Like, I have any idea. All right, ladies. Wait.
3: I give it two titties. Oh, only two. Yeah. I feel like that's all I can give right now.
1: (laughs) You're just not emotionally prepared to give the other
3: four? I'm just not emotionally prepared or I don't have enough mental capacity to give away more titties. That's fair. That's fair. I need to keep four (laughs) for myself. Okay. Like spoons? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I got my four extra titties today. I like it. Uh,
2: So I'm going to give this review one titty. What? Because I feel like it's fake. I feel like they just made it up so that they could write something funny. Probably. Uh, I feel like the tool itself is interesting and probably deserves five stars. It looks comfy, according to the picture that you showed.
1: It looks comfy. But,
2: yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like the person who Is writing it Just decided to write a funny review As opposed to Writing something that was honest But turned out to be fantastically amusing
1: Do you think that the other 54 reviews are, are all Like honest reviews Like who straps a dick to their face And then gets on the internet to tell everybody how great it was apparently, Or how not great it was
2: Apparently at least 54 people
1: Of this particular one <laughs> This is a, it's startling in appearance. I think that's what gets me.
2: <laughs> so are penises.
1: <laughs> Fair point.
2: And a lot of vaginas. So
1: people in general.
2: Yeah, the human body is weird. <laughs>
1: uh.
2: I do appreciate the person who wrote the review. I appreciate their creativity in multiple use.
1: I appreciate the donuts. I mean, I'm really stuck on that. That's. It's all six titties are because of donuts.
2: And then, okay, so what kind of donuts are these, is this guy buying, or girl, whoever wrote the review, that this thing, their donuts are either the holes are so large that they can thread over this thing, or is this thing so small that it can go over a donut?
1: That is an excellent point. Because if you're buying... I should have seen through the bullshit right away with that.
2: That's what got me. The whole thread donut on there? No, no. If it's a good donut, yeah, it has a hole. But it shouldn't be, like, all whole. Because then you have... It's more like a pretzel Who want donut. Who wants something that's all whole. A little stick pretzel. Yeah. I don't want all whole. Who does? So... It's like throwing a hot dog down a hallway. You're
1: just... A hot dog luge? <laughs> I digress. Anyway. I digress.
3: I feel like we could be an Olympic team for hot dog luge. I would do that. Heck.
1: Ride a hot dog, or sit in like a wiener mobile, but like the actual sled, and then we go. They'll make a movie about us, just like the Jamaican bobsledding team. oh What if we had a bobsledding wiener? A wiener.
2: i I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what the skeleton is. It's a where the guy's just laying back and he's just <laughs> going straight down as fast as he can. That's the weirdest just thing I've a, ever seen. It's like a little just a wiener just shooting right down the. I think that's what it
3: is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so there's been a lot of talk online, ladies, that I have you both locked in the basement and am not allowing you to do. Guest spots. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: So I need you to hold up today's newspaper and smile. Let everybody know you're fine.
2: I don't have a newspaper. You don't give me them.
1: (laughs) Shut up or you won't get your dinner. Oh, sorry. Um... (laughs) But while these ladies are not on, I am. I have... uh, I will be on the next four weeks of weird thing about that. Woo! Passed down my judgments in a no. completely sober manner. Nope. Let's see, and then we talked to we being me, I'm now plural, peoples. I talked to Tattoo Squid Friday evening.
3: Oh my god, that's how you say it? Yeah. I've been like, the title, the title of Tattoo Squid is spelled out with like letters and numbers and so I kept trying like what is this talk to a squid what? <laughs> I just saw so I'm so glad I know that now
1: <laughs> and then I talked to sip list which was a great time we did a special on international women's day which came out on international women's day it's a lot of fun you can go find out why ducks and cheese are our kink I'm not going to tell you
2: because I'm I'm on board with ducks and cheese, so,
1: yeah, yeah. I think this needs to be a T-shirt. But go listen to the the sip list. That's a good time. Great ladies, uh, reppin' podcast. Evelyn from reppin' was there, so that was a lot of fun. And next week I will be talking to the jury room. Yeah, yeah, and I might even let these ladies out at some point to guest. Probably not
2: i've heard it's nice
1: outside (laughs) diane knock
3: oh sorry i was eating a hot dog i'm back now (laughs) (laughs) i'm back now way to go jennifer for guesting on all of those podcasts that sounds super fun go check them out
1: yeah listen fun times you get around yeah i do Speaking of get around, do you have a motivational or inspiring quote or thought for us today, Anna?
2: I do. Actually, this is uh, quite a fitting one, considering our badass of the episode. This one comes from Dorothea Dix, and it is, I have learned to live each day as it comes, and not to borrow trouble by dreading tomorrow. Love it. Words to live by. Nailed it. I, I read somewhere that... Depression is living in the past and anxiety is living in the
3: future. That
1: makes sense.
3: That does make sense. I wish I could stop. I can't make myself stop, even though I know that to be true. (laughs) Do we have some mental health links that we could remind people of on our website so that if anybody is feeling like they want to reach out, they can do so?
1: So things in the news are are pretty crazy. And I've seen a lot of people online who aren't sure where to turn. And it's a lot of people are experiencing a sense of desperation and that can get overwhelming. Um, So can, you know, the anxiety over what's happening. But there there are resources out there. There is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline And their number is 1-800-273-8255. And their website is the suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Or you can contact NAMI, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Their phone number is 1-800-950-NAMI, N-A-M-I. And that's 1-800-950-6264. You can also find them online at nami.org. Again, that's n-a-m-i.org. If you need any additional resources, we have some on our guest links page, and if you need resources beyond that, feel free to email us at what I had heard was at gmail.com, and we will do whatever we can
3: to help. Thank you, Jennifer. I'm happy that we can. Be supportive of our listeners the way that they are to us.
1: Absolutely. We've got a great community, and we want all of them to stay stay with us. Today, our friend of the week is addicted by the jury room.
0: Addiction. Noun. The factor condition of being addicted to a particular substance, thing, or activity. An overwhelming compulsion. What makes us fall into the world of drugs and addiction? Why can some of us dabble in the illicit and walk away unscathed, while others of us travel downward into the deep spiral of addiction? Humans have always had a fascination with the allure of getting high. Our obsession with drugs isn't a new societal epidemic, but one that has actually has its roots dating back to the ancient days of mankind. While the drugs we utilize to try and get high nowadays may have shifted, our fascination with the darkened path of addiction has not changed. If you or a loved one have been struggling with addiction, or have in the past, and would like to share your story, please feel free to reach out to me via social media or through email at juryroompodcast at gmail.com. This is Addicted. A jury room production coming soon to wherever you listen to this podcast.
1: Excellent. Do you ladies have any big plans for this week?
3: I'm going to plant a garden.
1: Beautiful. Flowers, vegetables?
3: Vegetables. Nice. For the first time since I was a little kid. That's great. I'm finally in my own home and have my own backyard, and I'm going to plant a damn garden. That's
1: exciting. Anna, you good? Anything happening this week?
3: Doing a
2: bunch of work. Trying to get a bunch of stuff done. Looking forward to the
1: weekend. Trying not to freeze. Of all, respectable and fair goals. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and Jennifer, you have a new addition to your family that you got to see recently, right? The new-
1: Miss Baby Girl, yes. We'll have a picture of her at some point in time in the near future. We're getting her a nice little onesie made. She's going to be our model.
3: Yes.
1: I couldn't find a better model in all of the world. Next week, we are going to talk to you about female horror characters whether it be movies or folklore or television we are taking on the females in horror i'm extremely excited about this episode i've been ready since before the season started
3: i'm really excited too this is my jam let's go let's do it whoop whoop i'm pumped well ladies
1: Do you have anything to tell the listeners? (laughs) Excellent. What I had heard was, we are out of time, and we will see you next week. Move over, boys.